Welcome to the Grace Fields Wife Podcast. My name is Beatrice Vargas, and my mission is to improve the quality of marriages by helping us learn to be fueled with grace. Are you sitting in a marriage that feels empty? Are you struggling to reignite the passion and love you once shared with your husband? Are you at a crossroads of leaving and repair, but you're constantly reminded of your promise to God to stay true? Or maybe things haven't even gotten that bad yet. Maybe you don't argue that often, but since you barely connect anymore, you've started to give up hope of ever being happily married again. You might have contemplated or even fantasized about what it would be like to leave. Maybe you're telling yourself that you're just sticking it out for the kids. If this is you, I've been there. My story is your story. I want to help you heal and reignite your marriage while still believing in the promise God gave you. I want you to stay with me, learn from me, internalize the grace, guidance, and interviews so that you can become the grace-fueled wife. You can learn more and connect with me directly on Instagram at the grace-fueled wife. Now let's dig in to today's show. Hello and welcome back to the Grace Fields Wife podcast. I'm your host, Beatrice Vargas, continuing our series on boundaries. I'm really excited to talk about this particular topic today because it is probably one of my most asked questions. Now, if I take a look at all my listeners, at least the ones that I hear back from, the ones that I have met in one-on-ones, in the Facebook group, in my DMs, all of, all of those listeners, for the most part, you guys fall into about two camps. One, is women who are already in loving, happy, connected marriages. And maybe you're just looking for some encouragement, ways to have a more godly biblical marriage, ways to strengthen your marriage, ways to communicate better. And I have several listeners who fall into that category. But I also have several other listeners and part of it, it may be my intro and my story. And maybe because that resonates with them, they are drawn to this show. But other listeners who are at a place of such disconnectedness in marriage where they feel like roommates, they feel like, I don't even know if I can take this anymore. They're just so not even sure what to do or how to go on. And and really the thing that keeps them there in the marriage is their faith. Does any one of those sound like you? Are you a third type of listener? Because I haven't found one yet so far. I've only found those two. If so, let me know. Reach out to me and be like, well, maybe a little bit of both. But I wanted to speak to those who are feeling today like if we're looking at boundaries, when is enough enough? At what point are boundaries not good enough anymore? At what point do I throw in the towel? At what point do I stay or go? Because right now I'm really thinking about going and I'm just waiting for God to let me know whether or not I can go. So for those of you, I wanted to dig into this and talk about what does this mean for us? Because girl, I've been there. I've been there several times, actually. I'm not there anymore, but I've certainly been there in the past. And as I looked at this question, and again, this came from the very many questions either that I've gotten in my 
email inbox or my DMs or conversations that I've just had with you guys. It has come up so often that I felt like I really need to create an episode around this. And what I realized is that we needed to do one very important thing, and that is take inventory. We need to take inventory of four different things that I'm going to talk to you about. But once we take inventory and we have decided, yes, check, I have this and this, then we can feel comfortable either way making this decision. Now, what does that mean, take inventory of our marriage? Like, what is going on? What have I done? And so I find myself talking to clients about this, but this comes up in, in the Bible so many times about being blameless. How, you know, oh, my enemies are attacking me and this, that, sitting against me, but I was blameless. But you blessed me because I was blameless. Or, you know, that word, blameless, look it up. It has, it comes up in the Bible all throughout the Old and New Testament so often, or at least for me, when I was in this space of trying to decide, should I stay or should I go? The word blameless kept coming up. But if we're thinking about it in order for us to really be blameless, and maybe you feel like, hey, I am, he cheated, I'm blameless. So we have to understand that at some point we might, he may be more wrong than we are, but we are not always blameless in the issues that are going on in marriage. So how, that's what the, that's where taking inventory comes in. That's where it becomes important for us to look at, okay, what have I done here either to contribute to the problem or to try to fix the problem? So here's a couple of things that I want to look at. Number one, have you given him a safe place to share? And maybe that means, you know, is if your main complaint is he doesn't communicate with me, he doesn't open up to me, he doesn't talk to me. Girl, yes, so many of us, this is so common that he doesn't do all those things. So I I will start by saying this. If you feel that way, understand that you're not alone. This is a very common complaint or a very common feeling that women in this position have. He doesn't talk to me. He doesn't communicate. And one thing that I do find is that often men will not communicate because they don't feel safe. For instance, maybe your husband is one of those guys struggling with porn. So we've talked about the other two last week about being paranoid and looking through his phone and talked about possibly there being a possibility of him being a generally good man who is addicted to and struggles with porn use. And perhaps he doesn't share with you because he is afraid of what your reaction is going to be. And what really a, a few things have led me to this, but one of the things that led me to this is that in listening to, it was actually another podcast, but in listening to another podcast of a man describe his struggle with porn and describe his love for his wife and how when he would, not that he did this often, he talked about one of the last times that he had struggled with this and felt that she met him with empathy, that she just hugged him. And she said, it's okay. I'm here with you. And 
for him, that was a transformational moment because he felt at that point that he can feel safe with her and that he can be himself with her and that she was going to help him walk through that journey. So last week when we talked about it, I said it's going to be important for men to find someone to help them walk through that journey. But it's also important for us as women to understand that if he doesn't feel like he can share with us because perhaps he feels we're either going to belittle him, tell him he's wrong, tell him that's sinful. Or another example even that I saw just this week, a, a husband was struggling with something completely different and the wife, he's struggling with anger. And the wife gave him a biblical answer. Oh, I don't understand how you could just be so angry. If you know the love of God, you shouldn't just you should just not be filled with such anger. And the husband said to her, this is why I don't talk to you. You're just like my mother. You're always giving me a God answer. And the wife was truly just didn't understand. She didn't know or realize what she had said wrong in that situation. And so going back to this point of allowing our husbands to share without judgment, without us saying, well, that's wrong. Or you should be thinking this way. And if we think about it, how many times would we want our husband to do the same for us? How many times do we feel the same way? Do we wish, oh, if only he would look at it from my perspective. If only he would be able to understand me better. Things would be different in our marriage. I know you've thought that. I've thought that. So many of you have thought that because we talk about it. And so just understanding that. We cannot expect to receive what we are not willing to give. So Jesus came and was a servant and he got down on his knees and he washed the feet of the apostles and he washed the feet of Judas, the man who he knew was going to betray him. That's what's been modeled to us by our Savior, right? If the one who we look to as the ultimate model and guide for how we should live our lives. So if that's what Jesus modeled for us, we have to understand that we have to do the same. And how have we done that? If it is something that we want, what places in your life have you maybe not done that? What places in your life have you fallen short in that area or failed in that area. So in terms of taking inventory, I would say that's certainly number one. Number two, in taking inventory, have you taken the time to heal and discover each other? Have you taken the time to heal from your past traumas? Or are you enacting and living out your family of origin traumas with each other, but have never really taken that time to heal? Because if that is the case, and maybe you have and he hasn't, if that is the case, then what might actually be happening is you guys are living out this trauma, playing out this trauma with each other that you don't actually mean to. Maybe you're doing it because you don't know any other way to be. Maybe you don't understand each other because you don't understand yourselves. So when I say take inventory, I really mean, have you looked into your family of origin to find out what in my family of origin, what happened when I was five, eight, 15, what happened in my life that is causing me to 
behave or react this way as an adult in my marriage to my husband or to my wife. And if there is something there, and trust me, there's something there because everybody has things within their family of origin. You could come from a good, loving family. It does not always have to mean that you come from a family of trauma. But just in that you come from one family who had one set of expectations, ideals, family rules, and he came from a totally different family who had a different set of expectations, family rules, and maybe family trauma. When you guys come together, unless you have really done the work prior, and that's why I really believe in premarital counseling, like legit premarital counseling, not just for meetings with your pastor. Unless you've done that work ahead of time. And if you're in this place where you're thinking about, should I stay? Should I go? I'm going to venture to guess that you have not done that work yet. Unless you've done that work, then there is still things for you guys to work on that you can unpack that would heal your marriages, that would bring you towards each other, that would like light bulb switch, make the difference between where you are now and where you could be. That's going to make the difference between how you were when you were dating and you fell in love with him. And all of a sudden now you're married and you're like, who the heck is this man? I want the man I started dating because this man, this is not it. This is not not what I want. And that's because we put on a mask when we're dating. We're our best selves and we put on a mask and all of a sudden we get married and the mask is off. And we're naked and bearing our soul to each other. And then we start to be cruel to each other because the minute that we're vulnerable, all of a sudden you see something you don't like and you might say something mean or or whatever. Now it's all kinds of ugliness that happens. So if you're in this place of should I stay or should I go, that is something that you should look at. Because if it's something you haven't done, then maybe there is hope in your marriage. Number three Should I stay or should I go? When we're looking at taking inventory, have you taken time to work on your friendship? Or has it just been the kind of marriage that almost is like a marriage of convenience? We're staying together because of finances. We're staying together because we have young kids or we don't want to disrupt the lives of the kids, but we really have no more friendship or connection. And as soon as this kid hits a certain age, goes to college, whatever, I'm out. Because I've literally heard that. If that is the case, and you haven't taken time to work on your friendship, if you don't even like him, if you're sitting here feeling, I don't want to grow old with him, I don't even like him, then girl, then there is perhaps something that can be worked on. Now, again, maybe you're not working on your friendship because you've got all these other things going on because he doesn't feel safe to share, or you've got all these other family of origin issues going on, and so you guys are just not communicating very well. But whatever that is, discovering it all of a sudden opens up the door to, oh my goodness, there is hope for this marriage. Do you wish there was a way to enjoy the happy and connected marriage you expected to have when you said I do? Or maybe a way to feel cherished and sexy and understood by your husband? Or a way to feel like he's more than just a roommate or a co-parent? Listen, I know what it feels like to look at him and think, I love him. He's a good man. I hate our marriage right now. Or to look at other marriages and wonder, why can't mine be more like that? Or explore all the resources for Christian couples, but feel forgotten because they make the assumption that he's going to participate. He's going to read the book or try the course or that he's even a Christian. 
We're trying to ask in every possible way, but still feeling like he just refuses to listen to me. Or the worst, feeling like I was trapped in a loveless marriage. Guess what? That's why I created the Grace-Fueled Marriage Method, where I teach you to stop fighting with your husband without feeling guilty for expressing your needs. You'll be able to communicate with him in a way that's loving, but doesn't leave you feeling like a doormat. You'll get the exact formula to communicate in a way that you actually understand each other, and you'll be able to rediscover your friendship and passion all over again. So if you're ready to feel excited when your husband comes home at the end of the day and feel like you finally have the marriage of your dreams, three, two, one, go run over to the gracefieldsmarriagemethod.gra.com so you can have a marriage where you stop fighting and finally get your needs met. Number four, take inventory of whether or not you have set strong boundaries. Now, again, we're in this series of boundaries where we're talking about, have we set boundaries? Have we communicated those boundaries? How have we communicated those boundaries? And if we have not set strong boundaries, then perhaps turning around and saying, I want a divorce is not the first thing that you should do. Maybe you should start with setting some boundaries. And all of a sudden, by setting some boundaries, you boop, you like will start to see things change. So that is like of, my, of the things that I wanted to talk about. But when we stay, when we go, that's like A, B, C, and D. Those are four very important things that you should consider if you're thinking about, should I stay or should I go? Now, again, this is coming from a perspective. I'm a Christian. You're most likely a Christian if you're listening. So this is coming from a perspective of God hates divorce. And I don't necessarily feel like I'm released from this marriage yet, or I feel pretty convicted by staying in this marriage. These are some of the things I want you to look at in that case. And when I'm talking about setting strong boundaries, I'm also talking about and I've said this many times on this show, if you're in a, a place where you are being abused, then this is where that comes in, where setting those strong boundaries comes in. If you are being abused, then you set those boundaries. And even if it means you stay married, but you're separated because you need to keep yourself safe and you need to do the loving thing and tell him, no, I will not allow you to treat me that way, talk to me that way or whatever then understand that that's where that comes in. In no way does this mean God hates divorce, so I'm going to stay in whatever marriage that it is that I'm in and whether or not my husband beats me or is mentally, verbally abusive to me, any of that. I don't condone any of that. And this is where all of that comes from. Now, after you've taken inventory, and maybe you found that maybe I haven't set such strong boundaries. I want you to know that when it comes to strong boundaries, they are there to make us feel safe. We put a fence around our house so that, or lock the door to our house so that everybody on the outside knows this is my house and you cannot enter in without my permission. So the boundaries are there to make us feel safe, but we might be confused or might not know exactly how to set strong boundaries. How do we do that? How do we do that in a loving way, in a biblical way? How do we do that by not just, by not manipulating? So if you have questions about that, there's two things that you could do. One of them is you could just read the book on it called Boundaries in Marriage by Dr. John Townsend and Henry Cloud. Or you can jump into the Grace Fields Marriage Method where we have a whole section 
on boundaries. And the reason why I don't, I'm not going to give it all to you in this episode is because literally there's an entire book on it because it's not so quick, easy of an answer. I've tried to break it down, maybe condense some of the main points for you, but it's really something I think is almost required reading in any marriage that is having some difficulty or having a hard time. If you are having difficulty, it's there's probably a very good chance that you have some boundary issues in your in, going on in your marriage. Okay, so now let's say you've taken inventory of these things, whether or not you're giving him a safe place to share and vice versa. If you're not, have, what have you done to change that? What steps have you taken there? Number two, have you taken time to heal and discover each other? Now that is a whole other long growing process, but have you done that? Number three, have you taken time to work on your friendship? And number four, have you set strong boundaries? Now, once you've taken inventory and you can feel comfortable that you have done each and every one of these things with excellence to as unto the Lord, to the, your best ability. And you are still going, man, I don't know if I could do this. Now is it time to say goodbye? Now can I go? I would say the answer to that is between you and the Lord. I will not be like those counselors that say to you, if you're unhappy, just go. Understand that many of those are not marriage counselors. They might be mental health counselors. And you come to them saying, I'm unhappy. And they're just doing behavioral therapy. And they're saying, if you're unhappy with such action, then just get out of that action. So understand what you're getting into when you're talking to a counselor who says that to you. But coming to you as another Christian, coming to you as a marriage coach, I know that when you're in this place, it is not so easy. And it would not be my place to say whether or not you should stay or go. And so I say, you sit with God and you say to him, Lord, I have taken inventory and I have done this, this, and that. Lord, if you still want me to be here in this marriage, then please show me what else is left for me to do. What else can I do to save it, fix it, whatever? Because I'm running out of the grace, running out of the strength to fight the good fight. I'm running on empty. And our God, as good as he is, he will always answer you. And he will either give you this peace and sense of relief to say, no, you can go. You are blameless and you can go. Or he will have your husband go, or he will give you the grace to go on maybe another I don't know, day, week, whatever, until he makes a change in your husband's heart. But he will do that for you. And you'll know because you have an intimate relationship with the Lord. And you'll know because you've surrendered the outcome. Now, that is the thing. Are you surrendering the outcome to him? Or are you holding tightly to the control over, unless my husband does this, changes that, I'm out. Or have you surrendered the outcome and said, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to make these changes in myself. And however God sees fit, that's the outcome that I'm going to be happy with. Because I know if it's God's will, then it is the best thing for me. I hope that was helpful. I know it's a difficult answer, right? What do you, did you really answer the question? But I think what is important is understanding this idea of being blameless, doing everything you can in your power 
to make those changes and then saying, okay, God, you take it now. I surrender it. And once you let go of your marriage as an idol, all of a sudden God can do something amazing with it. Because when we're idolizing our marriage, idolizing our husbands and holding on to this idea of having to stay in this marriage and be married in order to be in order to what? I don't know. But as long as we're holding that up as an idol, God may very well just take it away because he doesn't want us to have any idols over him. And so by doing this and completely surrendering it to him, it's like Abraham and Isaac, how Abraham said, sure, God, you want me to let go of this thing that I love and treasure so much? Okay. And then watch what God does with it, right? When God says no, now I know you will withhold nothing from me. I know there was a lot, but I hope that was helpful. And I hope it was meaningful to you and that you will really be able to take that and sit with the Lord and say, Lord, please show me where you want me to go. And ladies, if you want help with any of this stuff, with any of the stuff I talked about in terms of taking inventory, Am I giving him a a safe place? Have I taken time to discover and heal? Have I taken time to work on the friendship? Have I taken time to work on those boundaries? Then I am inviting you into the Grace Fuels Marriage Method with us because hello, that's what we do in there. We go and we take inventory over all these things and I teach you how you can do all of that. So I give you the communication skills and then we meet weekly over Zoom and we practice them. I give you all of these skills that you can go and you can watch all the videos at once. You can really do it self-paced, but then we go and we get into the application of it so that you don't ever have to feel I'm watching these videos, but she doesn't know what's actually going on in my life because I give you the opportunity to do that. We meet weekly as a group And you do have the opportunity to say, hey, but you don't know about my situation. And then we can talk about your situation. And then I will take the content of what's in the course and help you apply it to your life because I'm not here to, I'm not the expert on your life. You are, right? God is. And then I'm able to share with you from that perspective. So it really gives you all the pieces that you would be missing. So if this is something that you think would be valuable to you, then please jump in, go to the gracefuelsmarriagemethod.gra.com. You can find all the details, just jump right in. That will get you immediate access to the course and you will be added to our weekly calls and you can go from there. And if you have any questions, feel free, send me a DM and I'll be happy to answer any questions for you because really that is the reason why I created this. I created this for those of you who are sitting there, should I stay or should I go? Those of you who are already in happy, loving, connected marriages, amazing. God bless you. I'm so happy for you. And I will on this show, support you in any way that I can, giving you content that is helpful to you or content maybe that you can share with other people. But for those of you who are in this place, I'm actually in the business of saving marriages. Like I want to save your marriage or help you partner with God and save that marriage. And really that is my mission. Like I'm working with God here. Let's go. Let's save some marriages and and give children the, the the gift of having parents who stay together, who are not divorced, who are not fighting, who actually love each other, who actually are a marriage that 
the, their kids want to model their own marriages after. That is my heart. I am here for you. I love you guys. And until next week. Hey, love. Thank you for listening to today's show. If you found any value in today's episode, it would mean the world to me if you left a five-star review and shared it with a friend or someone else who needed to hear this today. This is really the best way you can thank me. It helps me to get the word out to other women just like you. See you next week.